Welcome back to the Anime Summit Newscast. It's Sam the Bomb, your favorite Anime Summit podcast host. Well, at least I hope so. I say that often. I'm always like, it's your favorite. And then I, right after I doubt myself and go, I hope I'm your favorite. <laughs> I'm so confident. No, I'm not. Um, I, you know what? It is March 6, 2020. I got a lot of, a lot of little things, basically. And then I have a little, little expose at the, at the end. Um, that we're gonna do. It's like anime related, kind of mostly not anime related, but um, little little fun thing that we're gonna do at the end. Uh, not an opinion piece so much, more like a kind of like a report, like an expose kind of. And uh, I thought that would be kind of fun to do instead. So um, then we'll take a little break in between, obviously. But I don't have a lot of non-anime news. I just have a lot of little anime news, and yeah. So let's do it. Um. Let's get into the non-anime first. Sonic Surges is the video game movie curse broken. Remember we talked about this because I was saying like, oh, you know, like I heard Sonic is doing really well. Also, obviously, Detective Pikachu did really well. And I heard Sonic is doing really well. Now, obviously, one could argue like, oh, maybe it's only doing really well because everyone felt bad about complaining and then they wanted to go support it, you know. Um, but, I mean, in other places, it is doing really well also, not just in the U.S., um, I did read a little thing earlier, too, that it was being delayed in Japan due to the coronavirus like shutdown thing in March that they're doing. Um, but, yeah, um, it. I mean, so I actually just saw it this past Tuesday, and I, I'm not going to do, like, a full-on review of it right now, but it's pretty cool. My, my initial thoughts are that, obviously, it's a kid's movie, so go into it knowing that it's a kid's movie. So it's got that... It's got that kids movie, family movie campiness to it, but it's still pretty cool in terms of like effects and action and stuff. Um, but it's got that, it's obviously got that campiness. Not the really bad like campiness from like older video game movies, but campy nonetheless. Um, and I thought it was pretty sweet. And I thought Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik was perfect. And even then with all the campiness and the kind of the G rated comedy or whatever. Um, it has a lot of, uh, little calls to the video game series in the movie. And, um, not necessarily one timeline over the other, like not the main line and not the adventure line timeline or the comic Mobius timeline or anything like that. Um, there's actually no mention of Mobius in it. So, but, uh, it, it was pretty cool. There's a lot of little things that if you're a longtime fan of Sonic or even just a really hardcore fan of Sonic, you'll you'll catch all of these things, and it's really awesome. So definitely cool. Definitely go see it. I, I mean, it's it, I, it's worth it. I think it's worth to go see it in the theater. It's pretty fun. You know, it's not that long of a movie. You know, you kill it really quick. I like it. So, yeah, I, I thought that article was it was more of an opinion kind of article um, or discussion kind of article. But I was reading it, and I was kind of like, I wonder if it is. Like, it definitely could be. And now that I've seen Sonic, I definitely believe that a little more, for sure. 
Suicide Squad has more practical effects than any big-budget comic film. According to director James Gunn, the Suicide Squad relies heavily on practical effects, which is uncommon for big superhero films these days. There are more practical effects and sets in this film than any big-budget comic book movie ever, Gunn shared on Instagram. The director spoke further on the film's effects via Twitter thread, saying he would use practical effects on the Suicide Squad whenever possible. That's pretty cool, man. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for... um, this newer Suicide Squad, because I think it's going to be obviously way better than what we got. Well, because what we got was just ugh. Uh, Evil Dead. I don't know if there's any Evil Dead fans out there, but Bruce Campbell obviously is Ash Williams, and it's really cool. They were talking about doing a, a reboot of sorts, and not so much, not so much, because you have to remember that the original Evil Dead was about the kids going to camp and then they had the necro the necromonicon or whatever and then um the sequel turned into this ridiculous you know chainsaw wielding ash williams killing thing you know evil dead 2 army of darkness or whatever um and then the, the, technically those lines are separate they're different um so the the new Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake, where it was a remake of the original one, uh, is one thing, and then Ash versus the Evil Dead is another thing. Um, in this reboot that they're talking about, they're talking about doing like in an Army of Darkness kind of thing, and like CM Punk would play Ash Williams, the chainsaw wielding Ash Williams, um, which would be cool. So it would have nothing to do with like the two thousand was it 2015 16 remake we got it would have nothing to do with that um it would be its own kind of ash williams versus evil dead uh remake thing which would be pretty cool cm punk is like i think he'd be perfect for it he's he's hardcore he's he's funny you know um and bruce campbell gave his blessing because um wwe fans were were talking about it and bruce campbell retweeted it and said you know what CM Punk is great. He should play a guy in the horror series named Nash or Bash or Lash. With all due respect, the name Ash is like the best table at a restaurant served. Reserved. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be cool. Um, that'd be sweet. I would like that. Um, Todd McFarlane. If you don't know who that is, he is the creator of Spawn and many other awesome McFarlane comics. Um, he will be at Mortal Kombat Final Combat Tournament in Chicago, and he will be there to reveal spawn an official the official spawn trailer character trailer for Mortal Kombat and gameplay of spawn so that is going to be sick fucking Todd McFarlane the man himself will be there um for those of you who don't know this is kind of old news but just because it came out earlier this week but just putting it out there the there's a there's a demo for Final Fantasy 7 remake um if you want to play it before it comes out on April 10th so definitely check that out. This will definitely give you uh, a feel for the game if you want to play it or not. So for sure, check that out. Uh, the Prinny 1 and 2 Exploded and Reloaded Game Collection launches for Switch in the fall. Basically, this is a spinoff of Disgaea in which the you play uh, the Prinnies. And the Prinnies are these little demon penguin things that are they serve as servants or vassals. Low, like kind of low-level vassals in the netherworld. They serve Laharl and Etna and whatever. 
Um, the first printing game, Pretty One, Can I Really Be the Hero, uh, is about Etna kind of demanding the ultimate dessert, and she makes the printies like get into the shit, and she goes the the printies the main printie goes through like the different stages of the netherworld and whatever. And then obviously there's the second one, Dawn of Operation Panties, dude. Because um, that's what they say. That's like their catchphrase is dude, D-O-O-D, dude. Pretty dude. Um, yeah, so printies are awesome. And if you've never played any Disgaea games or the printy games, I definitely recommend picking this up if you have a Switch. And I do believe Disgaea is on Steam also. It's called Disgaea PC Complete. And I believe uh, ports of the second and third one are on Steam as well. We got gameplay trailer of the new Half-Life game, Half-Life Alex. Half-Life Alex is less than a month from release, and developer Valve just hit the gas on the hype machine, releasing three videos that show this highly anticipated VR game in action. The official release date is March 23rd, and you'll be able to play it on your Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, Windows Mixed Reality, and more. I, I'm hoping PS4 uh, VR, too. I definitely want to get a PS4 VR headset. I just don't know if I really want to drop the money on that right now when the PS5 is coming out soon, but I don't know. We'll see. But if you're a Half-Life fan, check out Half-Life Alex, and that's spelled A-L-Y-X, Half-Life Alex. A new Star Wars game, Project Maverick, briefly appears online. Electronic Arts' next Star Wars title is a smaller, more unusual project at EA Motive, known as Star Wars Project Maverick. The title was first discovered after Twitter account PSN, PSN releases, which automatically monitors additions to the PSN store database, tweeted about the game with the art shown above. Although EA, who has the official Star Wars video game license, has not officially confirmed the project, Kotaku is reporting that the Project Maverick is one of two Star Wars titles that company is working on. Kotaku describes the game as a smaller, more unusual project at EA Motive in Montreal, Canada. The other, according to the site, is a Jedi Fallen Order sequel by Respawn. So that's pretty cool, man. If you're into Star Wars games, check that out. Trials of Mana gameplay trailer is finally out, originally released for Japan Super Famicom in 1995. Under the name Seiken Den Sets 3, Trials of Mana is an ambitious remake that will release on Switch, PS4, PC on April 24th. Square Enix today dropped a short gameplay trailer for Trials of Mana that shows off the flow of combat, the different heroes, and how leveling up works. The remake takes advantage of the current-gen hardware and features an all-new combat system. Uh, remastered everything pretty much it's a 3d game it's kind of like the the secret of mana remake so i i know a lot of people are confused on the mana timeline and how those things work um there was uh i fucking forgot there was so the the original series in japan is called saiken densetsu um the the first one was brought to america in a game boy format and I don't remember what the original one was called, but when it was brought here, it was called like Final Fantasy Adventure, I think. I, th- I think and it was brought to here on Game Boy. And then Secret of Mana came out on Super Nintendo, and they just kept it that name, Secret of Mana. Um, and it was called Saiken Densetsu 2. And then Saiken Densetsu 3, or The Trials of Mana, is technically like a prequel talking about like the parents of the kid of the the secret of mana honestly if you want to really get into the mana series i definitely recommend just first playing secret of mana on super nintendo or playing the remake i believe you can get it on ps4 uh store or whatever um really good game secret of mana is just a great game and um it it will kind of give details about 
this and that, and the other Seiken Densetsu games kind of cover some of it, and then the later ones like Sword of Mana and Tree of Mana and all those uh, are kind of different timelines. But no, I love the Mana series. Mana series is fucking awesome, and you should you should definitely play them if you are into JRPGs, action JRPGs. Pokemon Go's Battle League kicks off March 13. With legendary and mythical rewards, you may have already have hundreds of fights under your belt, but Pokemon Go's Battle League was only in its preseason. The official start to the Battle League kicks off on Friday, March 13 at 1 p.m. The first season of play allows you to complete seven sets of battle a- battles a day, meaning you can fight 35 times if you have the time on your hands. You win all five battles in a set. You receive a premium battle pass. Raising your rank also brings different rewards like increased Stardust, various Charge, and Fast TMs as well as the Pokemon you can catch at specific tiers. So yeah, check that out, March 13th, if you're a big on Pokemon Go. It was confirmed that Christian Bale is playing the villain in Thor Love and Thunder, the next Thor movie in the MCU Phase 4. We didn't exactly know how he'd fit into the MCU yet. Well, we do now, thanks to co-star Tessa Thompson, who confirmed that yes, Christian Bale is playing the Thor 4 villain. Thompson dropped the nugget of information to E.T. Now during an interview, in which also confirmed that she'd read a script for a highly anticipated sequel. Taika Waititi, fresh off of winning an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, is returning to write and direct the superhero follow-up, which also brings Natalie Portman's Jane Foster back into the fold as the female Thor. Portman did not appear in the Waititi-led sequel reboot Thor Ragnarok, but was clearly impressed by, White- by how Waititi and Chris Hemsworth reconfigured the franchise and wanted in. I mean, that makes sense, obviously. Um, But yes, Um, and for those people who say that female Thor isn't a thing, you obviously don't read comics, and you should sit down. Um, So here's the last piece of non-anime news, and this is something that i kind of been hearing uh, some people in our Discord mention, um, mostly uh, Young Trey, or if you, you might know him as My Little Nick Can't Be This Cute on our Discord. Um, Overwatch begins banning heroes in competitive play. Overwatch's 21st season of competitive play kicks off today, which was yesterday, with four popular heroes on the bench. Hanzo, Mei, Orisa, and Baptiste will begin the season blocked off to players. If one of these heroes is your main, you'll have to find someone else to play as for a week. This is Blizzard's first attempt to shake up Overwatch's meta. Each week with a different pool of heroes will be blocked off. So if you love playing as May, she should be back next week. I don't know how I really feel about this. I'm not really a competitive player, so I guess I don't really have a dog in this fight. I will say, though, that, like, I think that's kind of cool that they're only blocking them for a week. It's not like they're blocking them for the whole season or blocking them just in competitive indefinitely or for forever, you know? Um, I kn- I- I've-, I've always been a... a-, a- an advocate of of keeping things fresh like power creep is crappy like nobody wants power creep in anything you know in any kind of competitive game tabletop or video or anything you know what i mean and um but sometimes on paper it sounds cool and then in practice or then in execution it just turns out really bad um there's many examples of that in you know in magic the gathering even you know or or whatever else uh kind of game but i know in magic the gathering you know when they rotate cards um they try and add a new element every block that's like oh okay now we have these cards now we have these cards 
and that keeps the game fresh but then it also means that the like the meta is so shaken up by the rotation that it's just like it's not fun so i've i've seen a lot of standard players like just not play standard for for months at a time because they're just like i'm waiting for the next rotation because i don't like playing the current whatever you know and it's like oh that makes sense you know they almost for you know years at a time the people wait um obviously magic has other competitive formats that you can play so you'll always be able to play magic so that's kind of a bad example but again i'm curious to hear what some of the more competitive overwatch players you know in our discord or just you guys in general uh, our listeners in general what you guys think of the the week-to-week ban uh this season i want to know how you feel about how that works um because obviously okay and i also don't like the way this article says if this if these heroes if one of these heroes is your main in competitive i firmly believe that you should not have a main you i know you have characters you play that's fine. Like you have a main character, or a, a, a one or two main characters you play. That's great. But you should literally learn how to have a main. You you should have two mains in each category. Two tanks, two healers, two DPS, two defense. You know what I mean? Like you should have, you should have two mains in each thing. And then you should have a backup main in each category as well. Because you need to learn how to be versatile. Because of what you're doing two minutes, three minutes into the match isn't working, then you need to switch. Like, that's what you need to do. Overwatch is not about your main and your your whatever. It's about being a team and being a part of that team. And being a part of a team means switching. You have to switch. Like, obviously, if it's working, then, yeah, keep playing that character throughout the whole match and do it up and do, like, do your job and do it well. But, like, you... I know for me, whenever I play competitive, I always put on my headphones and my I open my comms so I can hear the people talking. And I always try and follow the lead of, like, you know, the, the best player and who, what they're saying. And if they tell me, hey, uh, you know, May, can you switch to Junkrat or can you switch to this so we can take care of that Bastion or something, I'll fucking do it because I want to win. Like, that's the that's what it is. You know what I mean? Otherwise, like in casual or quick play, I'll just play whoever the hell I want or whoever I want to practice at that time. That's fine. You know what I mean? But if you want to win, whether it's in competitive or quick play or whatever, you have to switch if something's not working. If what you're doing is not effective, then you have to you have to be able to realize that when that you're dying a lot and that you're making mistakes with the character you're playing. And if you are, then you should switch to, to something else that will be more effective against the other team or that will that you will be able to use better to be more effective against the other team that's just my opinion i don't know i I thought that's how overwatch was built but there's always this main talk like oh that's who that's who i main and it's like you should main everybody like everybody should main everybody at all times you need to be able to switch i don't know nobody will obviously listen to me say that up because you know everyone just wants to play hanzo but I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot. Again, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I don't play competitively. At the same time, you know, fuck you. But anyway, I digress. Okay. Um. Ooh, man. Ooh. Your girl is sleepy. Anyway, that was the non-anime news. Let's get into the anime news. But first, let's take a small break right here, shall we? (laughs) 
links.animesummit.net. You can find everything right there, Discord, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and there's also links that go straight to Google Podcasts and Spotify. Definitely, if you can, listen on Spotify. Spotify is just so versatile. I love it. It's so good. It's perfect. Sorry, I yawned there. <laughs> I told you I was sleepy, bitch. Um, but no, I, I, I love I love Spurtifer. Spurtifer is awesome. So we got a bunch of little things, really. There's a couple of big things in here, but a, a bunch of little things. And then our little expose at the end. Okay, so let's get right into it, shall we? Hmm. Um, oh, okay, here we go. Hideo Kojima has been diving into Made in Abyss. Metal Gear and Death Stranding developer Hideo Kojima has recently been tweeting about his journey with the Made in Abyss series. On Monday, he said that he watched up to episode 3 of the anime series after having it recommended to him by his staff. I was confused by the art until I got used to it, but I'm intrigued by the world and the unique setting of the abyss, he wrote. He said that he was eager to dig deeper on his Twitter. Um, On Thursday, he finished the series. He said that he told his staff that while he enjoyed the show, he wasn't as shocked by its content as they were worried about. Having experienced greater depths through other novels and films, his staff then urged him to read the manga. He also tweeted this in English as shown below. I went up to my staff who recommended Made in Abyss anime saying, I watched episode 13. It wasn't that shocking as everyone thought since I've gone deeper into novels and films. So it was okay. Enjoyed it. And then she said, well, then you should read the original manga. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) So, yeah, man. Fucking Hodeo Kojima just being Hodeo Kojima, which is awesome. Weathering with You wins Japan Academy Prizes Animation Award. Yeah, in Japan. Should be winning other places, but fucking the Oscars are a bunch of crap. Anyway. That's really cool that they that they won an award, though. I've heard Weathering With You is pretty sweet. Island of Giants Insects anime film announces English dub cast. Uh, yeah, here we go. I don't know any of these people, but, I mean, uh, this anime is going to be crazy. Um, I'm, 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 I'm excited. It was a... Uh, there was a... Uh, the, the dub for this, though, is being crowdfunded. The Kickstarter page for the crowdfunding campaign to dub the Island of Giants Insects anime film... Announced four English dub cast members on Thursday and Friday. Um, this is a movie where it's basically like The Walking Dead with bugs. And I guess they were trying to get it to be dubbed. And they started a crowdfunding campaign for it. Um, it has raised $20,000. And they're trying to get $80,000. Um, and that way, when upon release, you know, they can you'll get a Blu-ray with one of the tiers and shit. So it's pretty cool. High and low, the worst crossover film gets manga. So, if you've heard me talk about Crows a lot, I know, by Hiroshi Takahashi. It's my favorite, one of my favorite mangas. There's, and I wouldn't call it a sequel, but it, it's, it takes place years later in the same universe, in the same area. Um, but there's a manga that he also did called Worst. And, um, yeah, and it, 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 follows new characters and it takes place in in the new in in the in the area with like hosen and suzeran and all that in the in the in the universe of crows and um high and low is this live action like action drama series in japan that's also about some gang shit and it's about like this city where it's like the five different factions rule the city kind of on some gang gang shit and apparently there was a crossover there was a couple movies too 
And apparently there was a crossover film called High and Low, The Worst, where the main characters of High and Low went over to one of the schools from Worst or Crows and, like, fought the school. It was fucking crazy. Like, and I was like, well, that's sweet. Like, that's fucking awesome. Um, this is not canon in the Crows universe or Worst universe, um, which is the same universe. I don't know why I said that. But it is canon in the high and low um, story. So if you've ever seen high and low, let me know. I've been trying to find places to watch it, and I have not been able to find any place to watch it at all. So if you can help me figure out where to watch Japanese TV, that would be cool. That would be cool. I know there was um, – I mentioned on the newscast this last summer. There was a – a streaming service where it streamed only like Asian stuff and it was legal. It was a free legal one. And I'm trying to remember the name of it now. God damn it. Anyway, Lisa's Gurenge single rank single ranks number one on Billboard Hot Animation chart for nine consecutive weeks. This is the opening to Kometsu no Yaiba, Demon Slayer. It um, There's a hot animation category chart and it's been number one since February 24th. And nine consecutive weeks and this has gone platinum um so i mean it's it's a pretty great song and i mean demon slayer is also pretty great so i mean i don't i don't i'm not surprised by that at all it's it's a sweet song dude it's fucking cool uh assault lily bouquet anime second teaser video previews theme song this looks cool um this is obviously cute girls with big guns anime um, it's, it, I, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I, you know, it, it's probably going to be bad, but <laughs> on earth in the near future, humanity faced imminent destruction from mysterious giant creatures known as huge. The entire world unites against the huge and successfully develops weaponry known as charm counter huge arms by combining science and magic charm exhibits high rates of synchronization with teenage girls. So yeah, they go and fucking fight huge, whichever, whatever those are. But yeah, it's a thing of like God Eater. It's kind of like that, but probably not as um, probably not as complex. But uh, no, I mean I like Battle Girl, Magical Girl shit. Like I mean I love that kind of stuff. I like God Eater. Um, I like Simple Gear. A lot of them lately though have been kind of falling flat. This one kind of looks pretty cool though, so I'm excited for that. Yu-Gi-Oh! 7's anime unveils visual April 4th premiere. The official website for Yu-Gi-Oh! 7's, the new anime for the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise revealed anime anime's April 4th premiere date and a new visual on Friday. Um, main character, I mean, looks stupid. And the art style is definitely not... It's definitely more kiddish. Definitely more... Um, more along the lines of, like, Beyblade now. Not how it used to be before. Um, before, it followed more of that kind of Shonen Jump style. Even like 5Ds, which was like four or five years ago, followed that a little bit more. This new one, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, uh, definitely is straight up like on some Beyblade young kid shit for sure. Um, the cards look really weird. On like the, the way the cards look... Um, I don't know, man. It looks it looks super weird. Um, but the anime will feature a protagonist in elementary school for the first time in the franchise. The anime will have a new rush duel rule. The anime takes place in the future in the town of Goha. 
Yuga Odo, a fifth grade student, loves both inventions and dueling. His classmate Luke is a self-styled number one duelist at Goha 7 Elementary School. Gagato in the school student council president and Roman is Yuga's classmate. Um Yeah, so I mean obviously it takes place in elementary, so it's definitely more for for kids than it was before. Which is really funny because it's like a far cry from the original, original Yu-Gi-Oh. Um not the one we got like uh on in American TV, but this like season zero, where they just played all kinds of different games and not just like the card game. And Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-E is, like, burning people alive and shit. It was fucking funny. But, yeah, there you go. Digimon Adventure Reboot Anime English Subtitle Trailer Reveals April 5th premiere. I am excited for this because what they have essentially done, if you've watched the trailer, is they legit are drawing the fucking anime the same style as it originally was and just reanimating it. It's literally the same, like, exact style as the original, original show. And it is awesome. Um, the new anime will take place in 2020 and will feature an all-new story centering on Taichi. When he is in his fifth year in elementary school, his partner Agumon. The story begins in Tokyo when a large-scale network malfunction occurs. Taichi is preparing for his weekend summer camping trip when the incident happens. Taichi's mother and his younger sister Hikari get stuck on a train that won't stop moving, and Taichi heads to Shibuya in order to help them. However, on his way there, he encounters a strange phenomenon and sweeps him up into the digital world along with the other Digidestined. So this is going to be different. Obviously, it's a reboot because it's Taichi and Agumon and Sora and Matt and all them. And uh, I know I'm saying there are American names um, there, but um, no, like, it's... It's going to be sweet. I'm excited to watch this for sure. I'm excited to add that to my catalog of ongoing shit in my seasonal repertoire. Um, so we it's really funny because we just did a, a Promare review. And this news came out literally yesterday. G-Kids screens Promare again with two prequel shorts in the U.S. theaters in April. Um those prequels are little short OVAs um, that we didn't watch. Me and Nick didn't watch, uh, nor Danny did, I don't think, because it didn't show when she went and watched it. But you can, yeah, like it was called Gallo Hen or Leo Hen. Um, in, in English, it's called Side Gallo and Side Leo. It's little side stories, anime shorts that uh, show what Gallo and Leo are all about. So that's pretty cool that they're showing it with the prequels and that they went and dubbed the the little OVA shorts. So yeah, in April, if you want to go see it, go see it for sure. Fate Stay Night Heavenspiel anime film screen in U.S. in spring. Fathom Events announced on Thursday that all three Fate Stay Night Heavensfield films will screen in theaters in the United States this spring. Fate Stay Night Heavensfield 1, Presage, Presage Flower, Heavensfield 2, Lost Butterfly, and Heavensfield 3, Spring Song. We'll start on May 7th. Um, April 23rd is the second one. Oh, no, the first two are on April 23rd. The third one's on May, at May 7th. So just to, to say it again, and I, I when it comes to the Fate series, I follow Nick's advice. Just watch it in release order. Um, if you're trying to watch the Dean's Day Night, then what that would come first because that was released first. If you're not trying to watch the Dean's Day Night, then watch Fate Zero and then the UFOTable Fate Stay Night and then uh 
and then I believe it'd be apocrypha, um, which actually isn't really a part of the. I don't think that's the same thing. But anyway, if you want to watch it in chronological order, you would watch Fate Stay Night, the Ufotable one, which is Unlimited Blade Works, and then then you would watch Fate Zero. No, chronological would be Fate Zero, then then Fate Stay Night. Yeah, Fate Zero is a prequel, but. Heaven's Feel is one passage of the visual novel. Unlimited Blade Works, which is the Ufotable series, is the middle path. And then Fate is the original path, which is what the Dean's Day Night was. Um, except they, like, blended in big parts of the other two paths in that one. So it was really weird. It came out weird. But, yeah, I love Fate's Day Night. Fate's Day Night is probably my favorite Fate. I I like I love Fate Zero. I don't mind Apocrypha. Apocrypha is pretty cool. Um I don't know if they're ever going to animate Hollow Ataraxia, which is like a sequel to Stay Night, but we'll see. We'll see. Other Side Picnic Sci-Fi Yuri gets n- novel gets TV anime. Other Side Picnic. Her first encounter with Torika Nishina was on the other side after seeing that thing, quote-unquote, nearly dying. Ever since that day, exhausted university student Saro- Sorao Kamakoshi's life changed. In this other world full of mystery, which exists alongside our own, dangerous beings like the Kunakune and Hashakusama that are spoken of in real ghost stories appear. For research, for profit, and to find an important person, Toriko and Sarawo set foot into the abnormal. A tale of two girls' bizarre exploration and survival brought to you by by an up-and-coming sci-fi author. Yeah, this looks super cute. Um, uh, the manga is called Other Side Picnic, Their Strange Exploration Files. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's, I mean, that's exciting. Uh, I don't know. Oh, these are light novels. Okay. They're, they're novels. I don't know. It doesn't say a release date yet, but it's pretty exciting. It actually looks kind of cool. It's like these two really cute girls and they have like these guns and they're going to, but it looks like, it doesn't look like, like crappy cute girls. Like it actually looks realistic. Like one girl's got like short black hair with glasses and a hoodie and yeah, like it, it looks pretty cool. Like I, I, Definitely kind of want to read this, no no doubt. Um, My Hero Movie earns $10 million in the U.S. I'm so mad I didn't go. I really wanted to go. It ranked number one in the United States box office when it opened on February 26th, earning $2 million on that day alone. On that day alone, bitches. Holy shit. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this film coming up called Sayonara T- Tyranno. It's about these little, it's like some dinosaur shit. Um, the trailer is finally out for it now, so you should check it out. It's called Sayonara Tyranno, and Tyranno is spelled T-Y-R-A-N-N-O. Um, it's like on some land before time shit, but an anime form, like, it looks super cute. Um, I'm trying to see where it says the premise, but it doesn't say it. Um, Hello Tyranno sees the adventure and love story between a male Tyrannosaurus that looks aggressive but does not make a kill and a female Tyrannodon. Oh, that's kind of cute. Okay, so it's a little, little cute kids love story. Little, little dinosaurs. Uh, Baki's anime second season teaser reveals Netflix debut this year and added staff. Uh, I thought it just says 2020, right? It doesn't say when. The second half came out March 2019 of the first season. So the oh, so this is actual actual second season. So this comes out in 2020. It'll probably come out this summer because that, that's when the last one premiered. It came out in summer of 2018, so this one will probably come out this summer. Um, I gotta watch it still. I've only seen a, f- a few episodes. I kind of really want to read the manga, to be honest with you. I'm excited for the 
to read more manga, so maybe I should watch that. Kimono Jihen TV anime unveils visual and main staff. Um, the issue of Shuisha's Jump SQ magazine revealed the teaser, visual, and the main staff for the television anime edition of Show Aimoto's Kimono Jihen um, manga on Wednesday. An official website for the anime also opened on Wednesday. Um, the manga starts in a quiet rural village where many domestic animals die a natural deaths in a strange incident. To resolve the incident, an odd-looking man from Tokyo, who goes by the name of Inogami, comes to the town to investigate. In the town, he meets a young boy who has a mysterious air about him called Dorotobo, or Dorotabo. It doesn't really reveal much, but the main character looks super awesome. Like he's got like, he looks like he's wearing like b boy like a b boy hip hop outfit kind of, and it's like black pants, like black parachute pants, and a black short sleeved hoodie with like a skeleton design on it, and he's got black hair and gloves. It looks really cool, like. Honestly, like, I don't know. Uh, apparently, this might be a shonen kind of thing, but we'll see. It looks cool. Uh, check that out. Kaguya-sama Love is War anime's second season image promo unveils April 11th premiere. So, spring. Got another one for spring. So, if you're into that chica-chica shit, there you go. Also, Food Wars comes uh, spring also, I think. Go Nosada, Fifth plate. Uh, oh, yeah. April 10th. April 11th. So, man, Food Wars is chugging along. I I expect that this and one more season will be the end of it because the manga ended. When did the manga end? The manga ended, like, last year, right? Beginning of last year, I think? I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see what's up. It's going to be crazy. Um, It's going to be exciting, exciting to see where Soma's going to go from here, like, obviously, because he has destroyed the number one seat and spoiler alert sorry bitch um here's the last piece of news uh live action tokyo avenger film reveals cast and director october 9th premiere the official website for warner brothers japan's live action of ken waku's tokyo avengers manga announced on wednesday the film's cast and director sutomu hanabusa live action kakegurui and mason dakero kodomo janai is directing the film Man, I why didn't you get the guy who did the Crows movies? You should have done that, honestly. Man. Live-action Kakeguru is kind of cheesy, though. Like, I hope they don't make this cheesy. I hope they don't make this cheesy like the, other, the rest of the anime adaptations that they do. Because Crows was so good. Like, oh, my God. There's, there's like, one cheesy, dumb thing in, in the first Crows movie. But the rest of it is really good. Um... I'm excited, though, because I love Tokyo Avengers. I'm a couple chapters behind, but if you have not read it, please read it. Noxie recommended it to Nick, actually, um, and in our uh, in our uh, recommendations manga therapy episode. Uh, shout out to Noxie. Dude, here's my... Okay, here we go. Here's the expose. Are you ready for this, dude? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, fam? I wanted to do an expose on the PlayStation 2 because two days ago it turned 20 years old. It debuted in Japan on March 4th, 2000, and then we got it six months later, seven seven months later here in North America in November or in October. So that is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Um, and I kind of wanted to just talk about it because, first of all, video games and anime mix all the time. 
all the time they do, especially with Sony consoles and Nintendo consoles, because those are made in Japan and they have helped bring a lot of Japanese things over here for sure. Um, just by being consoles, being what they are, you know what I mean? And I believe the PlayStation 1 was the big one when Super Nintendo was out. And Super Nintendo didn't really bring a lot of anime-type shit over here. I mean, they, there, were, there are a few that, that came to America that, that, that were um, some, some anime properties. But definitely the PlayStation brought a lot of that shit. Especially like Capcom, Square Enix, um, or back then it was SquareSoft and Enix were separate um, before they merged, or before Square bought Enix rather. Um, with like you know, uh, um, Legend of uh, Ligaya and Lunar, uh, Lunar Silver Star Story, and Star Ocean, um. All that shit. And even along with the Dreamcast, too. You know, uh, Sega is a Japanese company, obviously. And with the Dreamcast, along with the PlayStation 1, they brought over all kinds of anime and cool Japanese shit. Um, by the time the PlayStation 1 had done it, um, and by the time the PS2 came out, you know, it was already out there. So PS2 was bringing all kinds of shit over here to America um, that was some heavily animated shit you know what i mean some super anime japanese ass shit and it was awesome it was freaking cool and not only that i mean the ps2 just has a very 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 extensive library of just must play games um and definitely like some of my tops are uh tony hawk pro skater 3 tony hawk underground the kingdom hearts 1 and 2 the Chain of Memory, uh, Kingdom Hearts, the PS2 port of Chain of Memories is really good. Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Um, Final Fantasy X. Um, there was a, there was a Final, the Final Fantasy X was the first Final Fantasy game on the PlayStation 2, so, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, dog, like, I, the PlayStation 2 was amazing. Uh, the the build quality was really good. It was the first console that could be stood up vertically, and you could you know you could twist the logo. So if you if you laid it down, you could twist it so it was right side up. You know what I mean? Um, even the PlayStation, and then it was one of the first consoles to come up to 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 put out the slim. Um, one of the mainstream, I should say that there was like a a, a top loader slim version of the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. But they just weren't marketed very well, I don't think. Not a lot of people knew about them. Um, so it was just kind of weird. It was, it was weird like that. Um, the, the, the PlayStation 2, though, you know, had a really huge, 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 you know... It's one of the best-selling video game consoles of all time, having sold over 150 million units worldwide. And over almost 4,000 different titles on it. And it was marketed really well. It did so well. They came out with a slim version. And it, that thing was tiny. That slim, that PS2 slim, I have two of them downstairs right now in my game room. Um, 
I think some of them had problems at first because people were kind of like, wow, this is really thin. It's getting really hot. It's really small. But it actually was pretty good. Like, it, it, it was so tiny. It was so light. You could... I mean, if you wanted to bring your PS2 over to your homie's house, you could stick that thing... It was almost as big as a DVD cover. as a PlayStation 2, like, case. A DVD case. Like, it was probably a little bit bigger than that. It was super light, and it was just fucking crazy man it it's such a good console and it's responsible for bringing a lot of great titles over from japan to america and i mean some of the some of the the fighting games that are popular now started on the playstation like um guilty gear the Guilty Gear was on PlayStation, and then the the one that made it that made the series famous was Guilty Gear X, in Guilty Gear X Two, which was on the PlayStation Two. All of the great like our Capcom arcade fighting games were on the PlayStation and PlayStation Two. Um, so good, it was so versatile, it was so amazing. I love the PlayStation Two, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Xbox, when the Xbox came out, the original one. It brought some decent competition to the PS2 for sure. But it was... I mean, the PS2, in my opinion, still dominated for sure. And I might be dating myself with this whole expose, honestly. And this whole, you know, PlayStation dick-sucking report that I'm doing. But I loved it. I loved it when I was a kid. I love it now. I have so many PS2 titles. I just love the game. It's uh, the console, and I love all the games for it. It's so good. Definitely, definitely, if you do not want your PS2 anymore, please send it to me. I would love to, I would love to have it. And if, it, if you have a broken one and you want me to fix it, I will fix it. And I'll send it back to you. No problem. Because um, I'm learning how to fix them right now, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I love PlayStation. It, PlayStation is, is going well. I love my PS4. I'm excited for the PS5. But let us have a moment of silence for the PS2. Happy birthday. I love you guys. Thanks for listening every week. If you enjoy the newscast, let me know. Because lately I feel like I haven't been doing as good of a job on them lately. And I don't know if that's just kind of a uh, being overcritical of myself kind of thing or not. But let me know if I'm doing a good job. Let me know if you like these. I, I want to continue doing them if you guys want them. So, But yeah. That being said, I've been Sam. And this has been the Anime Summit Newscast.